Distilled, a spirited podcast. Hello and welcome to Distilled, the podcast with more spirit than a Sunday service. I'm your host Julie Christie and today we're going to be exploring a relative newcomer to the Irish market, Pierce Lyons Distillery. It's funny when we think of some of the new brands coming along, they seem to in some ways have come out of nowhere. It doesn't take too much digging to discover that they're pretty much all the upstarts with a fantastic history and inevitably a huge amount of work gone into it before anything has come close to hitting the market. Pierce Lyons is no different. Their gorgeous distillery on James's Street may only have opened its doors in 2018, but the planning goes back a lot longer, beginning as a passion project for Pierce Lyons, whom the distillery is named for. Pierce himself was a fascinating man who sadly passed away last year. A biochemist and entrepreneur, he started the Alltech company in his garage and turned it into a billion dollar business. Globally, Alltech is a giant in the world of animal health and nutrition, but for those not involved in the agribusiness, it's probably best known for the annual Alltech craft brews and food fair. The company also owns and operates the Lexington Brewing and Distilling Company in Kentucky which produces a number of craft beers and town branch bourbon. Here to tell us more about the history and future of the distillery is Pierce Lyons General Manager, Tracy Flinter. Hi Tracy, welcome to Distills. Thanks for having me here. I'm uh, really looking forward to telling you more about our distillery and more about Pierce, the person that he was, and um, hopefully we can get more people tasting our beautiful whiskey and coming to see our beautiful distillery. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure after today they definitely will be. Um, so that kind of brings us to our first question. Would you like to tell us just a little bit more about Pierce Lyons Whiskey itself and how the distillery came about? So I suppose it all starts with Pierce himself and his passion for brewing and distilling. So um, he was actually one of the first Irishmen to have a PhD or a master's in brewing and distilling. And he came back, he worked for the likes of Diageo um, Irish Distillers. He was actually one of the head project leads for the Middleton Distillery down in Cork. Um, I suppose brewing and, brewing and distilling was always a passion of his. He, in the late 1970s, um, he moved over to the US, created his company Altec. Um, but at the back of it, he was always uh, brewing and distilling, kind of coming up with unique ideas and beers. Um, a distillery and brewery over there came up for sale and it was um, a very famous brewery at the time and he said it would be shocking to see it go to waste. It would be the last, um, I suppose, distillery in the state of Kentucky and Lexington um, for over a number of hundred years and he bought it. He decided that he was going to start creating his own ale called Kentucky Ale and then he started ex- experimenting with beers. Um, he put his beer or his stout as well um, into bourbon barrels that he was producing whiskey with over in the distillery there in Town Branch and it suddenly became this, I suppose, marriage of beer and whiskey and experiments and um, he just absolutely loved it. One of his main passions was to always come back to Ireland and, I suppose, have a distillery. His family are actually from the Liberties themselves. His grandparents actually just grew up on Eklund Street, literally a two-minute walk from the distillery itself. Right. Um, if you come and do the tour, you'll actually find out that nine of his relatives are actually buried in the graveyard. Um, it's a, well, a, bit, a, of a yeah. Know, yeah, <laughs> bit of a serendipity moment, but um, he'd been on the lookout for a distillery or a location in Dublin for a long time. And he had, I suppose the church came up. It was the perfect opportunity. It laid dormant for roughly about 10 years. And he said, what a perfect 
perfect home for a distillery right in um, Ireland's, I suppose, Dublin's Golden Triangle. And um, he said about then creating Pierce Whiskey. But before we opened the doors, he actually had previously purchased the stills. And the pot stills themselves are Vendone cop- copper pot stills from Louisville in Kentucky. And um, he purchased those and he actually had them distilling away on a site down in Carlow. So when we, re- we opened our doors in 2017, so in 2018, we were actually able to release one of our own five-year-old single malts that was distilled off our very own stills. So um, I suppose he had that foresight to know, you know, we need to start making whiskey now. While it's not on the site of our final location, we will need it to be able to, I suppose, let it mature and bottle. And... um, yeah, it's it was a kind of a crazy dream and passion that suddenly became a reality. And um, every time he used to come through the doors, he was like a kid in the sweet shop. It was fascinating to see. And um, I suppose it's um, it's great because everyone in the distillery gets to taste all the different concoctions and ideas that the guys are coming up with. And um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. And because it's a small company, it's family it's family run. Um, yeah. Mark Lines is very involved. Um, he would do a lot of the tastings with us as well. Uh, you know, it's I suppose we're, we're everyone that works there is very very involved in the whiskey process and um, the tasting process. You know. Even down to the experiences, like what can we do? What do you think customers will want? What can we, what can we come up with that's that's new and innovative? And um, yeah, I suppose it's just about creating these ideas and these whiskies, and then making them a reality. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely fantastic to have so many people involved. And I mean, it's the perfect location, right in the heart of the Liberties. There's quite that kind of distilling quarter, very much coming back to Dublin, and of course, so close to this train station as well. Um, obviously it'd be a big undertaking to yes. transfer a church that was fair to say relatively dilapidated That's correct, into yeah. a distillery so could you tell us a little bit more about the turnaround you know how long it kind of <laughs> took um, yeah. obviously a graveyard that's uh, quite an extensive process alone yeah, so for um, those of you that don't know, we we purchased a site which was the Church of St. James and that was back in 2013. And then in 2014, the monument or the church itself became a listed monument or a national monument, I should say. So with that became, I suppose, came all these drawbacks or setbacks. Um, the Lions family wanted to restore it to its former glory and I suppose there was lots of things that we had to do in order to make that happen. Um, I remember speaking to Pierce and Deirdre about it and they had said, oh, it'll take us roughly about a year and a half. That's what we hope. Very ambitious. Very ambitious. They said, in a year and a half, we'll be open. We'll have visitors coming through the doors. Tracy, it's going to be fantastic. And I said, that's amazing. Like, what can we do to help? And um, four and a half years later, um, we managed to open the doors to the public. So there was lots of things that were, um, I suppose, that were setbacks. But again, the, they, the family wanted to make sure it was done properly. So things like, I'm just trying to imagine the, the wood um, in the rafters, in the in the distillery itself. Um, it's British Columbian pine, so that had to come all the way from Canada. Um, wow. The slates on the roof for Bangor Blue Slates from Scotland so they had to, or from Wales I should say so they had to come all the way from Wales um, the stone that is on the altar that surrounds the altar was actually um, stone from Caen in Normandy in France so again that had to we had to go to Caen source stone bring it back make sure it was the right match and um I honestly do believe that it wasn't, if it was someone else or if it was like a private undertaking by a couple of people, it, they, it probably wouldn't have happened. They would have run out of money halfway through. But because it was a passion for Pierce and Deirdre, they wanted to gift it back to the city as a, I suppose, as a, a place of not only storytelling, but also enjoying whiskey and understanding the craft of whiskey that they kept pursuing and kept persisting and kept going. So four and a half years it took us to open. And 
a lot of people don't know, but once we started work inside the church, it used to be the old lighting world. So anyone from Dublin or anyone that used to be travelling up to Dublin would know that it was the old lighting world um, kind of lighting emporium. Um, it was actually cut into three sections. The church was cut into three, three sections. Um, great for showing off lights because all the windows were bricked up. But when you want it to be a beautiful distillery, again, you know, you need to be able to let light in. Yeah. The walls weren't able to breathe. Um, and then once we started digging down to make sure the foundations of the church were okay, we actually started finding bones and bodies and Oh, you name it. So um, we had the city archaeologist in with us. We had a number of historians in with us um, and everything was dated, recorded. Um, We actually had coins as well that were found. We found um, a British Columbian coin, um, two Escudo coin that came all the way from Bogota Mints. Wow. Um, You know, it's now in the National Museum here in Dublin. So we found all these kind of little rare treasures. So everything was dated, everything was recorded and it's amazing the amount of stories stories that we have to tell yeah, and all really adds to yeah and that's just the that's just the history of the site not even the whiskey so yeah. you know there's there is there's a lot to tell about it and um i suppose on the tours we do have a visitor experience at the distillery so on the tours you're roughly taking in maybe say 30 35 minutes of history and then you're taking in another 30 to 35 minutes of whiskey and how we make it and it is a working distillery you can see our pot still sit on the i suppose the old altar that used to be there there are pride and joy um, you know, you see them distilling every day. Our distillers are there at hand to answer questions. That's so atmospherical. Yeah. No, it's, um, it must have been difficult to contend the tour. That's all I'll say anyway. Yes, definitely. Um, and of course, I mean, it sounds like you were very involved right from the start. Um, could you tell us like a little bit more about your day-to-day um, at Pierce Lines? It sounds like you uh, <laughs> undertake a lot of different tasks. Yeah, so um, I think I would brand myself of a jack of all trades, master of none. And I think <laughs> if you're going to be a general manager of a distillery or a tourist experience, you kind of have to be able to do a little bit of everything. So uh, my background is actually um, PR and communications. And um, I worked for the parent company, Alltech, for roughly about three and a half years before I joined this project. And um, I remember Pierre saying to me, oh, Tracy, what do you think about running the distillery for us? And I said, yeah, sure, I'll give it a go. What's uh, new challenge for me and I'll see see what happens I don't know anything about running a tourist experience but I'll try my best and um, yeah so it could be anything from you know making sure staff are I suppose in the distilleries up and running you know we have enough materials to produce whiskey our new make spirit on on the site and working with revenue um, you know, working with the Department of Agriculture, working with um, Board Falcha, working with Falcha Ireland, Tourism Ireland. You know, uh, I do a lot around sales and marketing as well. So, um, and operations. So, you know, yeah, it's a small site. We do a little bit of everything and it's all um, interlinked. Yeah. And what would you say is your kind of favourite aspect of your day to day role? Is there an area that you'd enjoy most? For example, you know, meeting the new visitors that come in to Pure Science Distillery? I have to say I love going down and just having a chat with all the visitors you know people coming from all over the world and you know asking them where did you hear about the distillery you know where are you going in Ireland I'm a big I suppose um, history buff but also big I suppose Ireland fan and I think that Ireland has so much to offer and Dublin has so much to offer when it comes to tourists and um, you know I want to make sure that everyone who walks through those doors is leaving with an experience they say oh wow that was fantastic I need to go back and tell my friends or family to visit there so yeah and it's amazing the amount of people that you'll meet um, 
completely different people every single day telling you stories, people that have got engaged, people that have just got married, you know, um, people that have travelled. It's their once in a lifetime opportunity. They've wanted to travel to Ireland for years and years and years. They're maybe retired now from the US and they've saved up all their money over the last 20 years just to come here. And you're kind of saying, wow, isn't it just amazing so, that they would want to be here and share in our experience and our whiskey? Yeah, and they've, they've picked Pierce Lions Distillery to visit as yeah, well. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the tours, the visitor experience experience if you know i don't know if any of our listeners have actually been to pierce lions distillery yet so in terms of tasting would you get to taste um full range or would it just be the the whiskey that's been released the the five-year-old or if you could tell us a little bit more about that Sure. So when we opened our doors um, back in 2017, we had four whiskies on the market. That was our original Distiller's Choice, Cooper's Select and Founder's Choice. So they range from roughly a three to five year old whiskey right up to a 12 year old single malt. Um, for the first year, we just ran re- general tours, 20 euro per person, and you tasted all four whiskies. Um, we then reviewed that and was well, sorry, you tasted all three whiskies in the first year. In January of this year, we changed it because a lot of people were looking to taste, I suppose, more exclusives, more, um, I suppose, more unique whiskies. So we decided that we would create um, three different experiences. So we have the trilogy where you get to taste three whiskies and that ranges from, um, an, it's now five-year-old um, blended whiskey right up to a 12-year-old single malt. Um, on our signature then you can taste um, four whiskies, and the fourth one there is our Cooper Select. So it's one of the heaviest sherry cast whiskies in Ireland at the moment. Um, we actually, I suppose, barreled it when we came to the site and we left it in there for I think it was nearly nearly four years that it actually lay in cherry casks Wow! Yeah. and when we tasted it we just couldn't believe how magnificent magnificent it was um, so that's the, the fourth one you taste and then on the fifth one is our legacy so it's a legacy named after Pierce himself and there you get to taste our five year old single malt so you know that ranges from 20 euro for three whiskies up to 30 euro for five whiskies and they're good they're good um, good portions as well um, you know yeah, five is a lot of whiskey sometimes for some people. Definitely, yeah, definitely yeah. could agree with you there. But I've just seen, I've actually seen the rebranding of the range, and I must say it does look fantastic. I don't know if you've had a a hand in that. Um, what do you think? Kind of straying away from the the Pure Science Distillery now, but what would you think would be the massive kind of growth between in the Irish whiskey industry at the moment? Massive growth. Um, I suppose there's new markets coming on stream all the time and Irish whiskey has now become synonymous around the world. Um, it's interesting now that the tariffs are being put on Irish whiskey in the US and there's talks about tariffs going on Irish whiskey. So um, for Irish whiskey distilleries, they're obviously going to have to start looking at new markets. So, for example, the South African market is um, is growing. I think it's grown by 36% in the last year. Um, you know, we're looking at Nordic markets, Germany, Sweden. Asia um, probably Asia, as well. Asia's massive, yeah. And um, there's, I suppose there's lots of um, markets out there that have not yet um, seen Irish whiskey or um, I suppose there's an interest there, but they haven't, I suppose, got the unique Irish whiskey product and with the great work what the Irish Whiskey Association are doing they're making sure that the I suppose the label or the term Irish whiskey is protected and yep. um, we can have cases all over the world where you know you could be in the US or you could be in another country and um, it's some other distillery coming up and branding it as Irish whiskey but it may never have touched the shores in exactly, Ireland so yeah, fraud. you know it has to be um, it, the, the category itself is now protected and um, we have to go to I suppose the Irish Whiskey Association is working on that with us to make sure that 
it's top quality premium product that's that's out there. And what do you think the future holds for Irish whiskey? I mean, obviously, there's been such an increase in distilleries. If you'd been to Ireland 10 years ago, you know, there would have only been three. Yeah. Um, and now we're kind of chapping on the kind of 30 distilleries point, you know, 25 operating and, and even more applying for planning permission and so on. Um, so what do you think the future holds? Um, I think the future is bright. Um, I think the markets are there. It's a craft product. It's a premium product. Um, everyone who works in the whiskey industry is very, very proud of what they do. And I suppose we're all very clued into the story, the process, the appreciation of it. And we go out and sell that across the world. Um, I remember hearing a factor, I suppose, kind of a, an antidote, but they said, you know, even though we now have 30 distilleries coming up on board um, in Ireland itself, roughly all the small distilleries only account for roughly about 5% in Irish whiskey growth and there's roughly a room for 15% growth so we know we're not producing enough whiskey at the moment to actually meet the expectations of the uh, of the global market. Yeah, no that's that's very very true. And do you think with the introduction of new distilleries that other distilleries are going to be affected, you know, more readily established or I don't, your on I don't that? think they're going to be affected. I think it's more so, you know, we have to take this from the small distilleries. We have to take our hat off and tip it to the big boys because they're the ones who put Irish whiskey on the market. They've laid the path. You know, yeah. they've laid the path for us and we're now, I suppose running down that path as quickly as we can but um, I have to say with associations like the Irish Whiskey Association um, you know it is I suppose everyone's working together to better Irish whiskey and the Irish whiskey market um, you know we have seen some changes uh, from the big players as well you know instead of producing I suppose some of their more well known brands we're now looking at them creating more smaller brands almost like Method of Madness you know small unique batches making them a little bit different making them a little bit quirky and um, there is There has been a shift, I suppose, the big boys or the big players, I should say, have, um, I suppose they were producing whiskey and sending it all over the world. And there's now become this kind of um, this curiosity around whiskey. What can you do with it? What barrels can you use? And I suppose the smaller guys or the smaller distilleries have the opportunity to be more flexible, be more more innovative. And we've saw changes then from the, the bigger players as well. They're now creating smaller, unique whiskies as well. Um, I definitely think from like a consumer point of view, differentiation is key. You know, there definitely will be space for all, but everybody has to be doing something yeah. slightly different and yeah. slightly bettering themselves even. Definitely. Um, and what would you say like holds the future for, for Pierce Lions Distillery? What have you got planned next? Or oh, maybe gosh. you can't tell us. <laughs> we've got lots of things planned. I'm not sure I can release everything, but um, you yeah, know, we've lots of ideas. We've got a great, um, I suppose, programme for barreling and bonding. We have a fantastic team. We're constantly expanding and I suppose hiring new people. Um, one thing that we're probably going to focus on over the next, I'd say next year, or the next couple of months is the domestic market don't really know us that much. So, you know, we've got tourists coming from all over the world and last year we had roughly about 25,000 people to our doors and I'm going um, 38% of that was domestic and the rest were all international. So we really need to try to push out our brand here at home in Ireland as yes. well as bringing in the, the international tourists to the doors. Um, you'll see that, you'll see, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, you'll see lots of um, interesting um, releases 
coming our way. So we will release something before Christmas. I can't say what it's going to be, but we will release something before Christmas. Um, and again, it's the idea is that we'll create lots of distillery exclusives. So you won't ever be able to taste them anywhere. If you want to come, you'll you come. To. You have to come to the distillery. And um, we're looking at opening a membership program as well. So you can become a member of the distillery where we'll host one-off unique nights um, tasting all these whiskies. But on a, not only that, we have um, a whiskey school in development at the moment as well. Oh, fantastic. In our terraced houses. Yes. So that's just to the left of the site. And the idea is that up there, we will hold small, unique classes where people could spend either a day or a two-hour class learning lots about whiskey, blending and tasting it with food. And they can also, what we're hoping to do, and this is just an idea that we've come up with, that, you know, say, for example, if a Japanese whiskey launches and they want to get it into the Irish market, um, that we would actually go and contact the company and try and do a private tasting at the distillery. Oh, fantastic. So we yeah, would be one brilliant. of the first places to have it. And if you're part of our membership program, you could sign up and taste it and we'd have a representative from the, from the company. So it's not only appreciation of our Pierce whiskey brand, but it's whiskey appreciation As globally. Yeah. And um, not to put any pressure on you, when are you hoping to get that up and running? Um, we're, we're, uh, my hands are caught at the moment with a little bit of red tape, um, but I'm hoping that we'll have that up and running by October, November. Oh, very, yeah. very soon. We're, yeah, we're half, we're halfway there. There's just a couple of things I need to get around. Um, licenses, fire certs, all that sort of stuff. So All the fun we, stuff. Yeah, yeah, all the fun stuff. Once we get through that, then we're fine, yeah. Yeah, just in time for Christmas. Keep an eye on our website. So if anyone wants to find out more about that, um, if you check out piercelinesdistillery.com, all the info will be there. Well, now you know, guys. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming in today, Tracy. It's been great to learn a little bit more about Pure Science Whiskey and yourself. Um, is there anything else we should be looking out for? Any social handles that you'd like people to follow for Pure Science? Or Yeah, sure. So our, on Twitter, you can follow us at pldistillery.com or pldistillery. Um, on our Instagram, we're extremely active on Instagram. We always get asked those questions and things like that. Um, so if it's just hashtag Pure Science Distillery or at Pure Science Distillery on Instagram as well. So... Um, um, we do a lot of bookings as well through our Facebook page. So if you do like to book, you can book directly through Facebook also. And in terms of tours, I presume that's seven days a week. How often do you run the tours? Do you run them every day from 10 to 5? or Yeah, so every day, um, seven days a week, every day. First tour goes out at 10 and the last tour into the summer mark times, we go up to about 6 o'clock. Um, and then in the winter times, we finish at 5. So um, summer, if you're here in summertime, it's every 30 minutes. If it's off season, so from October onwards, um, it goes back to hourly tours then. Okay, well, brilliant. Thanks so much for coming in today and uh, have a great day. We'll great. be popping in very, very soon. Great. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks a million to Tracy Flinter for coming into the studio to talk to us. Anyways, that about wraps up for this episode of Distilled, the podcast that likes its bedroom messy, but it's whiskey neat. Wait, I don't really think that makes sense. Next time, we'll be talking to Daryl McAnally, master distiller from another of Dublin's newcomers, the Dublin Liberties Distillery. If you like what you hear, then please subscribe and leave a nice review. If you don't, do it anyway. Go on. We dare you. Also, make sure to follow us on our social channels at DistilledPod on Twitter and at DistilledPodcast on Instagram for updates. Until next time, I'm Julie Christie and this has been Distilled.